right, we've got lucky caller number four, Marcus, on the line. If he answers this question, he wins a new car. Let's do this. Okay, for a new car, name the only actor to appear in... And now a message from our sponsor. With 24-7 support and quick and easy claims, Progressive protects what matters most. Progressive. Films all in the same year. Wait, sorry, I, I didn't hear the question. Three seconds, Marcus. Yeah, no, but there was an ad in the middle. He didn't answer. But I didn't hear anything. Oh, Marcus, you dropped it in the dirt. Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Saint Whatever it is, you guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I know every week I say we have a lot to talk about today, but holy cow, do we have a lot to talk about? All of Twitch suddenly discovering that copyright law is a thing that they actually have to worry about. Big rumors from Nvidia all being confirmed. By NVIDIA saying they're looking into the leaks of these rumors, and um, yeah, uh, the, they're, they're, we cannot confirm or deny their existence, but we're looking into the leak. Oh, okay. And then on top of that, we have some really big changes coming on the Apple side as well. First, we're going to start off with... The discovery of yet another Intel vulnerability. This one is, yet again, in regards to the speculative execution. And, well, guess what? They're even harder to fix than Intel originally thought. And it got really bad when crypto keys were stolen as a result of it. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal. Oh, crypto keys. What does that mean? A crypto key is what allows the flow of cryptocurrency to be as secure as it is. So, for example, I have a laptop somewhere. Actually, did I throw that laptop out? I think I might have. Oh, well. But let's pretend I didn't throw that laptop out. I had a laptop that was used for cryptocurrency mining long, long ago. And it mined a grand total of one ten one thousandth of a Bitcoin. It was not very impressive, and I think I just threw out... I don't know. 80 cents worth of Bitcoin. The point is, though is that on there is the digital wallet, and more importantly, the key for it. This key marks how cryptocurrency was mined and who it's transferred to. You have that key, and those who know what they're doing can do all kinds of very terrible, nasty Bits of hacking to the cryptocurrency chain. It's going to kind of make you wonder. 
as everyone tries to justify using Bitcoin over any kind of real currency that, you know, is accepted by 100% of the population rather than the fringest of fringe. The cryptocurrency market, that's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on, don't you think? Let's shift gears then. Intel is working on new hybrid processors. These sort of things are going to be directly competing with ARM and are going to be kind of modular in a weird sort of way. These processors, dubbed Lakefield, will in fact be very low wattage parts, as low as 2.5, do I have that right? Milliwatt? No, that can't be right. In any case, they're supposed to be very, very low-powered system-on-a-chips, GPU, CPU, all of it, all combined into one. Now, real talk here for a second. Intel's going to need all the help. They're going <laughs> to... They need all the help they can get their hands on. Let's be perfectly honest. When you're looking at them at the high end, they're losing it like nobody's business. The laptop space, they're losing ground there too. They haven't lost all of it, mind you. As far as power efficiency in the low-powered mobile market, laptops and whatnot, they still are the king Performance laptops, however, AMD is killing them. Absolutely killing them. Performance wise, desktop wise, server wise, Intel's losing more and more ground. The art, all right. Chat is actually pointing out here. The article is pointing out that it's 2.5 milliwatts in standby. It is not saying, however, at first glance, granted we're doing this pretty much live, that there is no power consumption for under load. I take that back. I lied. The TDP for these is expected to be 7 watts under load. Oddly enough, there's supposed to be five cores. Huh. We're going to have to see how this goes for them. Intel, I wish you all the luck in the world. Just like before when AMD was falling behind, I I was rooting for them to get their act together. The last thing I want to see is for AMD to just kind of sit there and really just be happy where they are and accomplish nothing like Intel did for almost a decade. Never forget that. Ryzen! Ryzen is killing it right now. 
let's be perfectly honest. As we were talking about before with Intel, it is just a very powerful platform, without a doubt. However, there are boards out there that are supposed, that are, well, not really supposed to, but what they are doing is pumping more power into the CPU and overclocking it without the users even knowing it. And unfortunately, it may, in fact, shorten the CPU's lifespan. Although AMD right now, as far as desktop performance goes, without a doubt, they are the king. Unless you are only do, only in, interested in gaming, don't care a too whole, whole lot about your price point, and only in certain games, then Intel is the king. But I digress. The one thing Intel actually is top dog in is overclocking. Ryzen, however, when it comes to overclocking, is not as stable as Intel. And that's just by the very nature of the architecture of Ryzen. It's multiple little mini processors and a fabric holding them all together. And well, if there's a difference between those two chiplets, well, the overclock might not be stable. So when you have boards that are just, you know, pumping a little extra power into those Ryzen chips that weren't expecting it, well, that can shorten their lifespan. And, well, AMD has issued a statement, and they've sent it directly to Tom's hardware. It reads as follows. We are aware of the reports claiming that select motherboards may be under-reporting certain power telemetry data that could alter the performance and or behavior of AMD Ryzen processors under certain conditions. We are looking into the accuracy of, of these reports. We want to be clear with our customers. AMD Ryzen processors contain a diverse array of internal safeguards that operate independently of external data sources. These safeguards enforce the data, I'm sorry, they enforce the safety and reliability of the processor during stock operations. Based on our initial assessments, we do not believe that altering external telemetry, excuse me, external telemetry in the manner described by those public reports would have made a material impact on the longevity or safety of a user's processor. So basically the exact kind of response you would have expected from AMD. Just going out there and saying, you know, this is happening. But it's fine. This is fine. Now, I don't know whether these boards that are automatically overclocking these CPUs, and that's basically what they're doing. I know it's not exactly like that, but that's what they're doing. It's 
who knows if it's going to shorten the lifespan or not. I would say, however, if you can avoid a motherboard that tries to tote any kind of squeeze extra performance out of your Ryzen chip, it might be short in its lifespan. At the same time, though, it could be shortening a... Let's say, what, six years that the processor probably has? Maybe it shorts it down to five years. Is that really all that big a deal in the grand scheme of things? Now, don't quote me on that. It's quite possible the Ryzen chips last much longer than that, and it's quite possible that the overclocks shortens their lifespans by more than a year. I mean, heck, I'm using, I've used a, um, I've used, in fact, a system that uses two 10-year-old CPUs, and it's still kicking. Chat's already making fun of me for saying six years. I pulled that number out of thin air. I have no idea how long an AMD CPU is going to last. Probably going to be a lot longer. To be perfectly honest. So in the end. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But it is something that the users. Should be aware of. Let's shift. Over to. Honda. Honda has. Been hit by a cyber attack. I don't really have a whole lot to report on it. I just find it fascinating. This is what cyber attacking has come to. We're just gonna hit car networks. Why? I don't know. Actually, there I can actually think of a reason why. And it actually is kind of worrying to say the least. Think about in the future, though, when everything is self-driving and all the cars are communicating to each other. This could be a very sophisticated way of saying your future is nowhere near as secure as you think it is. The future must change. Self-driving is not the way. That could be one way to take it. I have no idea what what the attacker's reasons are. In the end, they might have made away with some kind of data. It might have interrupted a little bit. In fact, actually, the tweet from Honda says that certain financial services were experiencing technical difficulties. However, the attack does not look like it got any kind of data. It actually looks like that it was caused by ransomware instead of a normal direct attack. So, you know, it's funny. It might not even been targeted. It just happened. That's the thing with a lot of these cyber attacks now, these ransomware attacks. They don't target anything. 
they just cast their net out there and just be like, hey, give me money. It's like mugging at random, except digitally, which is also why I say, back up your stuff. In one way, shape, or or form, back up your data in case ransomware happens to you. Microsoft is no longer selling its facial recognition technology to police departments in the U.S. So there's been a lot of talks about regulating facial recognition software. And I personally have been against facial recognition, not because of any sort of privacy concerns, not for any of the ethical concerns, I've been against it because it doesn't work. I've reported several times that facial recognition software is in the early stages and it has been more wrong than right. In fact, the facial recognition software that the United Kingdom uses has an 80% failure rate. Now, originally when I first read the story, it came off as, oh, we're not going to sell our our technology to police departments because right now it's the hip, cool thing to be anti-police. No, 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 no. You want to know why they stopped? Because Microsoft realized its facial recognition software is so busted, it can't tell the difference between... On people of color, it cannot successfully identify people of color at all. If if you are of dark uh, of darker stin- skin tones, and I don't specifically mean African American, just darker skin skin tones of some way, shape, or form, Microsoft's facial recognition software is most likely not going to be able to identify you as anything, <laughs> and. It has a much less likely chance of recognizing anyone if they're female. Why even have the software? (laughs) Why? Why even bother? Okay, yeah, I I get it now. I get why you're not selling it. My question is, why were you ever selling it ever? It's not a finished product. It's not ready to be sold at all. Uh. So to all the tinfoil hat wearers out there that are worried about the government using cameras and AI to scan faces and keep an eye on everyone and track them successfully. Trust me. Trust me. We have plenty of time. I just, I still can't believe that. It's just, 
Wow. Just wow. <sighs> Zoom! Now plans to shift how they operate in order to obey China's censorship requests. So Zoom has put its priorities on making sure that they can, in fact, censor their own users in order to comply with China. Never mind the fact that trolls can just barge into any Zoom meeting they want, show whatever they want, And also, you know, commandeer control of computers at will. Siphon off any amount of data they want whenever they feel like it. And when push comes to shove, Zoom is literally the, because of this, the absolute worst method to communicate with anyone ever. They put their priority on obeying China censorship completely. You know what? Go ahead and use Zoom. Just go ahead. You want to use Zoom? Just just go ahead. Because at this point... If you're just going to go ahead and use Zoom, you know what? You deserve it. The company doesn't care. It obviously doesn't care. If this was ever a sign that Zoom only cares about one thing and one thing only, and that's money... This is it. They don't care about their users. They don't care about you. They especially don't care about me. I've been bashing them since the day, since the day it was found out that they've had security vulnerabilities and they were known to the company for three months and they didn't do anything about it for three months. And then the when it was finally brought to the public that, oh, hey, by the way, we have all these security vulnerabilities and it's super, super bad. And by the way, anyone can take control of your computer as long as you have Zoom on it because, you know, we don't know how to do squat. And then the response to that was, of course, let's go hire the head of security for Facebook that even Facebook didn't want. And then what did they do with him? Nothing. Stop using Zoom. Just just stop. I don't know how I can make that any more plain. <sighs> I'm trying not to get worked up, uh, but th- like this honestly just does just like infuriate me. 
Actually, you want to know why it really does infuriate me? It infuriates me so much. Because they've literally just gained so much popularity. And it's all because of a pandemic. (sighs) Just stop using Zoom. Just, Just stop. That's all you gotta do. All right, let's get to the big story. This is the story that every single person wants to talk about. And it is a big story. DMCA claims sweeped all of Twitch, oddly enough, as we were recording last week's Eagle Eyes on Tech. What's a DMCA? The DMCA is short for the Digital Millennial I'm sorry, Millennial Millennium Copyright Act. When we talk about copyright claims on YouTube, this is what we talk about. And these DMCA claims were all targeting clips. So there have been DMCA claims in the past regarding Twitch. This is actually why when you go into past streams, you will find on some videos that sections of the audio have been muted. Why have they been muted? Ta-da! Exactly this. It's exactly to avoid this, but on the clips, no one bothered muting anything. So now Twitch has come out and said that, in fact, clips will also be subjected to the same kind of muting policies as the VODs. And, of course, this is now making every single streamer in all of existence question how they use music. So, let's get a couple things out of the way. First off, no. Just because you play music off Spotify does not give you the right to rebroadcast it on Twitch. Let's get that out of the way right away. Because that was by far the biggest thing I saw. And granted, there are tons of people going up to those people and, and slapping the face saying, no, no, bad. Stop thinking that. You only have a light. Just because you see the word license in the user agreement of Spotify does not mean you have a license to rebroadcast it. You have a license to listen to it personally all right let's get that out of the way the only music that you have the right to rebroadcast is ones where the record company or the label company that owns the rights to that song don't care if you reuse it Wee! 
Now, a lot of people actually do ask me on my own playlist why I use the tracks I do. I specifically use nothing but the original OST from games that I've already beaten on stream. This is exactly why. Right here. The only track that I play on Twitch that's actually at risk of a DMCA claim is one held by a company so old that, well, yeah. The only track I use that actually is susceptible to a DMCA claim is Happy Trails by Roy Rogers. That's literally it. There are other label companies that have no problems with streamers rebroadcasting their stuff. But that's it. Now, here's the real question. How long until DMCA claims are going to be made on live broadcasts? There's the real question you should ask yourself. Because then what do you do? You can't just go back and undo the live stream. You just simply face the fine. That is the real fearful thing. Here's the next question. What are the Beat Saber streamers going to do? What are the DDR streamers going to do? Better question. How much longer is Twitch Sings? going to be around chat says fair use that's adorable you think record companies care about fair use (laughs) I can tell you right now most record companies do not care about fair use. Heck, I'm willing to bet that the whole Twitch Sings thing, chat's pointing out that that, uh, there is a license agreement in place for Twitch Sings. How far does, how well has that worked for YouTube? Yeah, that that's the thing here. Because uh, you're dealing with the same record companies that swamp YouTube and DMCA claims. I can't even tell you how many DMCA claims I have had on my own YouTube videos 
and it's almost always been for either in-game video game background sounds in which I try to argue fair use and hey, guess what? You get nothing. Heck, I've actually had my videos of Final Fantasy 13 directly claimed by Square Enix despite that being explicitly covered under fair use and guess what? Those videos are no longer available because I lost the claim. The only way I'd win and get those videos back up is by going to court. I'm not doing that. So, yeah, Twitch can say cover songs are fine. As someone in the chat is mentioning, they aren't. Because they aren't fine, according to the the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. I don't think people fully understand. Twitch doesn't have a say in this. At all. The only thing Twitch can do is comply. Because the DMCA is law. And currently, and it's been this way on YouTube for the last 9,000 years, or however long it's actually been, the DMC has been used as a weapon across YouTube. And the fact that it's now being used on Twitch streamers is far more concerning than a lot of us are giving it credit for. Twitch things, I think you might be able to make a, you might be able to get away with just because it's Twitch's property. Twitch is going to be likely to help try to fight against any sort of claims. But, you know, outside of that, I'll tell you what's going to vanish. Streamers who have done song request streams, gone. I guarantee it. They will never be seen again. One streamer I know makes music a central part of his stream. Kind of treating his stream like a radio station complete with music being played during breaks and uh, station IDs that, that him and, and his community all put together. Well, now it's all going to have to be quote-unquote copyright-free music. And the fact that the record companies are willing to use the DMCA in this way is one that we have to be careful of. 
Chat says the DMCA only provides protections to original recordings of the song. They don't have legal rights over someone singing the song in their ba- in their bathroom or streets or on Twitch. Untrue! The DMCA holds all rights over the song and specifically the songwriting itself. Now, a cover of the song is considered fair use. The same thing with doing karaoke on Twitch. That would fall under fair use. However, fair use has never stopped these record companies from making claims before. And I don't think it's going to stop them now either. I don't mean, I don't mean to try and scare everyone. I'm just being blatantly honest. This is going to get far uglier before it gets better. We're going to take a break here. Nice, uh, nice motorcycle there. When we come back, let's talk about happier things. Let's talk about Apple potentially getting rid of Intel.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. If you hate your Android phone, you too can experience what it's going to feel like to install unfinished software on it. The Android 11 beta is available today. And, well, let's be perfectly honest. A chat chat says the secret of mana it was a secret of mana cover. I, I've been DMCA'd. Yep. Actually, that one is the um uh what is it? It's actually the original unreleased version of the Oracle theme for the Secret of Mana remake. And it was just never used in the game, but it's on the OST. So yes, that too could also be claimed if Square really, really, really wanted to be a massive butt. And that's the thing. That's the thing with the DMCA claims. And I know we're now getting back into that topic, but it's all going to depend on just how much the owners really, really just want to be an absolute colossal dick about it. Because for the longest time, they just haven't cared. But now that Twitch is big enough, now they feel they can rattle some cages and maybe make a few bucks off it. Or, you know, because most of these record companies just have a god complex, just rattle cages because they can rattle cages. Anyway, Android 11 beta is available. You can install on your phone if you want to know just how bad software can be. It kind of, it always amuses me with these betas. It's always made a, made to be a big deal, and it's always announced like, hey, anyone can download this, and anyone can install it on their phones. Don't do it. Please don't do it. The only people this beta is actually for is for either the nerdiest of tech nerds that just want to see what's coming up, or, more importantly, for Android app developers to make sure their applications work flawlessly when Android 11 is officially out in seven years. Actually, when is it supposed to be due out? Does this article, does uh, this article, this this blog post from from Google even say when it's supposed to be supposed to be out? I think it's supposed to be out. Oh, chat says fall of this year, most likely. And then that's the funny thing, because, yeah, it's available then in fall. But how long does it take for the phone manufacturer and the carriers to then approve it and send out a copy? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Another, like, five to 12 months. That's always the downside with Android. Because there's always the tweaks that have to be done. And at the same time, all the features we've seen in Android 11, I can't remember them all off the top of my head. And this blog post actually doesn't mention a whole lot of them other than, you know, oh, a better way to control your devices and more privacy improvements. And that's literally the only two features they point out on their own blog post. Oh, no, here we go. 
more notif more abilities to customize your notifications and that sort of thing. Q3 2020 is when it's expected. Neat. So you have all that. But at the same time, I look at this list and go, wait, I already have that. It's because Samsung themselves went and added all these features by themselves. So it's, it's almost kind of the point where these Android updates, even though they are important, are kind of not important, even though they're important. You know what else isn't important, but is important? Cyberpunk 2077 is going to come to Stadia after a console and PC launch. Oh, man. The fact that this is even a story amuses me. Actually, no, you know what amuses me even more? The fact that Stadia couldn't even score Cyberpunk 2020 at the, or 2077 at the same time as everyone else. Every other console, every other platform is going to get 2077 at the same time. And Stadia is just like, we're going to get it on the 17th. I'm sorry, no. We're not gonna... No, when are they gonna get it? They don't even say when they're gonna get it. I just read the first date, and that was a stupid thing. No, it's coming out on all their platforms on September 17th, 2077. I mean, uh, the 2020. <laughs> Whoa. But! Stadia will be seeing it... just later it, they're not even saying when they're gonna get it it's just gonna be after the consoles and PC gets it <laughs> smooth just smooth on the bright side Stadia did get a big update they now support mobile touch controls. Ooh. And per device resolution settings. Wow. And it now works on any Android device. Wow. That's so many more phones that it should have worked on in the first place. But only now did it just get it. All right. All right. You want to hear my tinfoil hat theory? Let me tell you my tinfoil hat theory. You want to know why I think Stadia is still around? Let's be honest. If a project failed this hard before, Google would have killed it. They would have killed it on the spot. They would have scrapped it and they would have replaced it with something else. You want to know why Stadia is still around? Because we said it was going to be killed so quick, it's not even funny. 
Exactly. Someone in the chat nailed it because Google got called out for stealing people's money and canceling projects in the past. That's why Stadia is still around. I'm telling you, I think Stadia is actually going to be around for a very, very long time. I suspect Stadia is going to stick around for at least two years. At least two years just so, so that they could say, Hey, we didn't kill it instantly. We did it. Yay. By the way, that prediction that Stadia is going to stick around, do not under any circumstances take that as endorsement. You should absolutely not invest in Google Stadia. Do not under any circumstances play on Google Stadia. It is a terrible service. You are paying full price for not even owning the game yourself. As someone in the chat said, granted, you technically don't pay for the game to own it yourself. Otherwise, you're paying for a disc and a license to play it. It's kind of messed up how the gaming industry has evolved over the years. It's really, really weird. But in any case, I'm just going to be blunt. Don't invest in Stadia. It is a terrible, terrible concept. And literally doing anything else is going to be a better better investment of your time. Heck, go do what I did. Go pick up a freaking... What is this? Go pick up an HP Z440 for like 150 bucks on eBay. Go plop in a GTX 1660 for like 200 bucks. Bam. You have a good PC gaming rig. Right there. Done. Easy peasy. (sighs) Just don't invest in Stadia. Or heck, actually, you know what you could, on top of that, with that same Z440 you just bought, go hide it in your closet. Go get, I forgot what the name of the project was that uh, Linus Tech Tips recently reviewed. That basically made your own cloud gaming service. Go check out his channel. It, It was somewhere on there. And just use that as your own Stadia. And you can decide what when you kill it. That's the better use of your time. All right, let's talk Apple. Apple has filed for an interesting patent that will probably never see the light of day, but it's kind of interesting they got this approved so quickly. It's for taking selfies but then digitally stitching you and the other people who took took their own selfie into a group selfie, even though you're, none of you are physically there. I... Okay, then. Talk about a... Uh, 
Talk about a very odd patent that is literally only going to be applicable to the year 2020. Other rumors are also saying that in addition that with that, we've also got the iPhone 12 launch expected to be delayed by at least a month. The source coming from Qualcomm, of all places, saying that I ain't going to tell you anything, but a, quote, large North American mobile phone company is going to have a major product cycle delay. Uh huh. I said I I said Qualcomm. I meant Broadcom. Oh boy. Well, who's really surprised? I'll tell you what you should be surprised about, though. The rumors have been getting very, and I do mean very, very strong. About Apple ditching Intel. And moving to their own custom built ARM chips. So here's the thing. I am shocked, but not surprised. Because it's obvious if you've been listening to the Apple keynotes for like the last couple of years that Apple absolutely loves, and I do mean loves, their ARM chips. These are the chips that they use in the iPhone and in the iPad Pro. Heck, they keep talking about how, oh, our ARM chips inside the iPad Pro are more powerful than any PC out there. Or no, what what is the exact word? 70% of all PCs. It's faster than it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure it is. So... They've been hyping up their own ARM chips for a very, very long time. But you want to talk about bad news for Intel? Whoo! Apple has got to be one of the bigger OEMs that... That Intel provides chips for after once apple's gone granted there's a whole lot left but that's still a huge chunk to lose and i'm i'm not gonna lie i think this is a it's gonna be a very interesting move for apple to make to say the least to just blatantly get rid of x86 and just radically shift all of mac os over to arm it's not going to happen overnight this is going to be a at least one year long project it's going to be very interesting to see 
how this goes. Just keep in mind, only a little bit longer and we'll know. This is theoretically going to be revealed at WWDC, which is going to have no people there because it's the year 2020 and no one can leave their house ever. We are all prisoners forever. I, I say that with like a little bit of tongue in cheekness, but uh, but anyway, it's going to be announced there, and then every single app developer is going to be going. Oh, really? I got to do all this again. Oh boy. Another big announcement we might be hearing over at WWDC is a new iMac. Now, I think I talked about the potential of a new iMac at um, during my uh, my prediction show, but I think when I predicted it that it was going to be very. Apple Pro Display XDR looking. The mock-up that we are supposedly hearing is going to be a lot more like the iPad Pro. So very thin bezels, no chin at the bottom. And of course, most importantly, going to bend in half like nobody's business and no I'm kidding I we we have we have no real idea what it's going to have I will say this though if this is actually going to be happy like this the iMac is going to be the first big push into having that nice fancy Intel camera which I now can't remember what it's called, and I feel really bad about that. Built into the bezel. I can't remember what what the camera's called. God dang it, it's at the tip of my tongue. Man, that's actually really bothering me now. Anyway... June 22nd. Remember it. In other Apple news, however, Apple has removed two podcast apps from their China App Store after they were demanded to by the Chinese government. Yay! That's what we needed. More Chinese censorship. Yay. I actually remember when I first came across the story, I meant to actually check to see how much of my listenership was in China. And I forgot to take a look. I probably have like none. But let's find out very quickly live if there is any viewership from the location of generic China. And the answer is no. 
No, I do not. Unless it is in the very vague 2.46% of my viewership that is in other. Although, shout out to the 12% of my listenership that's in Vietnam. That's a surprising one. Chat wants to know if Taiwan. No. Nothing in Taiwan. Yeah, the rest is actually kind of almost expected. U.S., of course, is by far top. Canada, United Kingdom, Israel, Australia, the Netherlands, Germany, Cyprus, France, and other. Huh. Fascinating. You just never know. I should also keep, I should also point out that uh, that listenership is just on the podcast app. It does not track who listens to this live on Twitch. Did I really include a second story about the arm chip? Oh, let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that real quick. China has developed a, well, actually, let me rephrase that. China's cattle company has produced a million-mile EV battery pack. Now, let's very quickly rephrase this a little bit, because that headline from Car and Driver is not accurate. Million-mile does not mean on one charge... That battery is going to power a car to go a million miles. No. No. That's not how that works. It means that the amount of endurance means over its lifetime, it could last a million miles. That actually is a big accomplishment. Most and most uh, battery packs for cars right now, I want to say, are only, oh, there we go, 150,000 miles or eight years. Oh, no, that's their warranty. Nothing says currently what most other batteries normally last. But they're saying that uh, well in in another case the article unfortunately for car and driver does not talk about what other batteries normally get so we have a comparison but but it does wonder will Tesla ditch their current battery system and replace it with this one This actually kind of leads in nicely to a story I forgot to put on here. And that was uh, Tesla very aggressively saying they are moving to mass production of their Tesla semi-truck. And unfortunately, I don't think our our resident over-the-road trucker is in the chat right now. 
But him and I have actually gone, I'd say back and forth, but we're both on the same page on this. At just how flawed the Tesla semi-truck is for actual over-the-road trucking, which is by far the overwhelming use case of semi-trucks. Basically, when it comes to commercial semi-trucks, there are three categories they're used in. Local, regional, and OTR, which stands for over-the-road, also referred to as long-haul trucking. Local is literally just that. It's going from a local warehouse and then being delivered to all the stores in the area. Trucker goes into the truck in the morning or in the evening, goes to all the various restaurant stores or whatever, then comes back and then goes home for the day. Regional, you're delivering in a a region. But most importantly, the trucker lives in the truck. There is some kind of sleeper where there's a bed, cabinets, and some form of entertainment built into the truck. Chat's wondering how this is tech-related. I'm getting there. Stay with me for a second. Stay with me. Trust me. This is all important. And then there's OTR. Where the trucker is traveling for days from one location to the next with a load. And again, you have a sleeper. A bed, cabinets, usually a TV, almost always a TV. I can't imagine anyone's going OTR without some kind of a TV. And you go from truck stop to truck stop tech journalists out there everywhere keep talking about how because the Tesla semi truck does not burn diesel fuel that it's all electric it's going to revolutionize the trucking world except the blasted truck has no sleeper If you are going to make a revolutionary technology, if you are going to go and do something like this, you've got to know what on earth you're doing. I cannot stress this enough. I'm telling you this right now. The only thing the Tesla Semi is going to be good for is local trucking. And everyone's going to pretend... It's a big deal. I guarantee you, you're going to see very few Tesla semis out there. Because not only is there no place for the trucker to sleep, but to top it all off, how are you going to charge it when all the Tesla charging stations are designed for cars? Or in the back lot of a grocery store. This is one thing I think the Tesla fanboys. 
are just going to try and shrug off. And I'm sorry. I've got to be the realist here. It's going to flop unless you solve these very basic problems. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we need to talk about the PlayStation 5. Yeah, the PlayStation 5 got revealed. I forgot to talk about that in the intro. That's how much stuff is going on. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. The PlayStation 5 has been revealed, and also it reminded us that, in fact, E3 is supposed to be happening right about now. Yeah, I forgot, too. 
But that is, in fact, why we got the PS5 reveal when we did. And I'm not going to lie, the entire event was mostly game trailers. And just with all the nonsense that's going on in, in the in the uh, in the game trailers industry right now, I just I have a very hard time taking them seriously, which is a shame because they look beautiful. They look like they're going to be really great, exciting games, but with so many times that games are shown off in a pre-rendered environment or gameplay is actually shown on a freaking PC running an RTX 2080 and not shown what the console's actually going to do, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of hard for me to get excited for a lot of these games. It really is, unless there's something major regarding the core concept of the game this time however we actually did get a look at the actual ps5 and no it is not the weird half ruggedized box with a dip in the middle of it sort of thing that we saw way back when it is actually clearly a collaboration between Sony and Alienware. It is a very striking design with a white envelope enveloping the black box in the middle, this kind of questionable cooling design between the the white envelopment around it the uh the the uh, the what what the, what's the actual drive the blu-ray drive is kind of just slapped on the side and kind of haphazardly it it kind of looks like what um what a sleek design for i mean realistically it looks like a wi-fi router that's trying too hard is really what it looks like or or on or an internet modem that's what it looks like not going to lie i don't hate it it actually does look really really good but my god when this thing launched the internet just couldn't help itself Memes about this design flooded everywhere. You want to know the other big thing about this? And I think this is actually going to be a big problem regarding this design. It stands like a tower. There is no option to lay it flat. Huh. So the Xbox Series X 
which is basically a trash can Mac Pro design. Except it can actually do something. That one actually does have the ability to lay on its side. I don't know why you would, but you can. This PlayStation 5, you can't. I don't know how, if I was actually using this in my current living room, I don't know where I'd put it. I wonder how many people are going to run into that same problem. Also, already, people are asking, when is there going to be an all-black version? I'm not going to lie. An all-black version with red lights instead of the blue lights would look amazing. I'll also say this. This console is not going to age well. I don't mean to say that I I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it looks terrible. I'm saying all that white. I know what white does on plastic. It doesn't stay beautiful, pristine, pearly white for long. there are going to be scuffs on it. It is going to get marked up. And most importantly, it's going to yellow. It's kind of why a lot of the technology we use now is either black or some form of a dark gray or a silver. Because when those age, they don't discolor like that. For the right here and right now, it's going to look beautiful. It is going to look striking. It is going to stand out. Unlike my PS4, which currently is sitting right next to me. Just being there. Also, there's 3D headphones. And... With with that being said, I just want to ask Sony, would you sell me 2D headphones? And if so, are those 2D headphones just going to be a cardboard cutout? Hmm. We'll just have to see down the road. In other kind of very stunning, I can't believe what year this is. Another sign of the apocalypse is that Atlas has released Persona 4 Golden onto the PC. We've been wondering what the next sign of the apocalypse was. I mean, for starters, it was the massive fires in Australia, then COVID-19, then um then the riots here's the next one persona 4 golden is available on steam that's the next sign of the apocalypse right there it's the end times my friends okay okay real talk though real talk 
What does this mean? Like, I knew this was coming, but I didn't believe it. It came off to me as... There's no way. Atlas has always just been... Persona will always be on the PlayStation. We will always be with PlayStation. Always, always, always. So, they release a Persona game on the, on Steam. And oddly enough, it's one of their better titles, but not like the title they're currently known for. If you go outside of the RPG community, they have heard nothing of Persona 4, Persona 3, Persona 2, or Persona 1. They have only maybe heard of Persona 5. So why four? It's not like it's an easy port either. It was originally made for the P. Well, well, no, actually, I take that back. Persona 4 Golden was originally made for the PS Vita, I want to say. Let's quickly take a look. Persona 4 Golden Original. Release date. The PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation Vita. It wasn't even on the PlayStation 3. Interesting. All right. Well, I I talked about wrong information on, on an early bird briefing. Whoops. So now, instead, we're going to release it on this. And the thing is that the PlayStation 2, it was originally a power PC-based console, wasn't it? Yeah, so those listening, those who listened to the early bird briefing and heard me say it was on the PS3, obviously, I was mistaken. I could have swore Golden was on the PS3. Nope, PS2, PlayStation Vita, and Microsoft Windows. Wow. But why that one and not Persona 5, which you've already coded for an x86 platform? Maybe I'm thinking too hard on it. But I'm there might be a different kind of message that Atlas wants to send with this. And I'm not entirely certain what. Why launch the older harder to port one? Hmm. And now for something completely different. Snapchat has now allowed you or now allows you to use voice commands to search for various lenses. 
So now you can just say, hey, Snapchat, make my hair pink. Because you know what? That is what we, that's what we needed. That's, that's a feature we needed. Who? Oh, all right. It might be because I don't understand Snapchat at all. It is a concept that makes no sense to me. It just seems like a time-wasting simulator. But, I mean, there you go. You can go do that. That's a thing you can do. Alright, let's talk about NVIDIA. And how they may have accidentally let us know about just about everything we'd ever want to know about the upcoming Amper GPUs. So, we now know there are three graphic cards that will be revealed. The RTX 3080, the RTX 3080 Ti, or Super, and the RTX 3090 Ti. They are all expected to have the GA102 chip, which means almost no one to anyone except the biggest nerds out there. They will each contain three display ports, one HDMI, but only the 3090 will have an NVLink for SLI. The 3080 will have 10 gigabytes of memory. The the 1080 the 3080 Ti will have 11 gigabytes of memory, and the 3090 will have 24 gigabytes of memory. But probably the biggest, weirdest change out there is the cooler. The cooler is a very, very custom-looking thing. <laughs> it's it's one way to put it. Where it has fans on both sides of the GPU. One of which is just going to be blowing air directly down on one side of the card. And using positive pressure to move the air out and onto the sides. The other one, which is on the opposite opposite side, as far as we can tell, looks like it's going to be designed for blowing air directly through the card heatsink and out the top of the card, where the heat's going to be heat piped to that particular heatsink. It's a very interesting concept, but holy cow! The look of it is, uh, oh man, that, that is, that's not a good look. I'm not going to lie. Like, I like the look of my GTX 780 Founders Edition. 
this card just looks jarring. It really, really does. And on top of that, people are saying that this designed heatsink might in fact just cost $150 extra on its own to manufacture. And then there's, of course, the theorized power draw of these cards be a concern as well. These are going to be heat distributing monsters. Which might be why they have to move to a heat sink like this. Well, we're gonna see how this goes out. Now, one working theory right now is that that 3090, because we haven't seen a 90 card in a long, long time out of NVIDIA. The 90 cards, if you don't remember, were um, the top of the skew for each product stack, and they were almost always, I take that back, they were were they always? I'm pretty sure they were always dual GPU cards. That there were two graphic cards on one board is basically the, the simple way to put it. It is theorized, exactly as chat just said, that the 3090 will most likely not be a dual GPU chip. It is most likely going to be what replaces the Titan. And that does not surprise me in the least. Since it is clear NVIDIA has been struggling for new names for the Titan cards. We had the Titan, the Titan X, the Titan Z, which actually was a dual GPU card. That was a very fascinating GPU, the Titan Z. Then the Titan P. That doesn't sound awkward to say at all. The Titan, I think X again. The Titan M. Then the Titan RTX. Yeah, they've been struggling. It does not, it would not surprise me at all. If the 3090 was in fact going to replace the Titans. Oh well. And that brings us to the last burb. The last story of the day. The weirdest story of the day. OpenAI is going to sell its services to generate text. And it's going to be doing it for Reddit. Oh, boy. So, here's the thing. All right? The Reddit community is one that... Usually, each subreddit has their own community, but... A large chunk of Reddit wants to, like, mess with things. It's a very 4chan way of looking at it. 
I've seen what 4chan has done to AIs. It was nice knowing you, Reddit. This is not going to end well for you. I'm just going to call it now. This AI is going to be absolutely abused and wrecked. Now, its purpose is supposedly to moderate. Ooh, boy. Let's make a call right now. How many weeks do you think it's going to be before, after launch, that OpenAI is going to start moderating the wrong things? I'm going to give it two weeks. I give it two weeks tops. And OpenAI is going to start moderating everything incorrectly. That's about the most PG way I can put it. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you, please check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find wherever you found this podcast on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. And also check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care. Rest well, and I hope you have a good day. Bye-bye. So how long until OpenAI realizes their mistake? Oh, boy. I'm just trying to imagine how this is all going to go poorly. Because it's not like... It's just... Yeah, it's just... This is going to be good. Chat thinks first 24 hours. Yeah, probably.
modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.